From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. July 23rd, 2019, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in Orlando studios, back to normal, on the ones and twos, our illustrious brother, Chandler Strang. Whoa. <laughs> on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. In Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Hello, everybody. And just down the street, back from the Dude Ranch, <laughs> back in her <laughs> confines of authoring things and... Hmm. Booking, speaking gigs, sure. author, speaker, podcaster, the cowgirl world. extraordinaire, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. <sighs> the family's back, except Eddie. Eddie is off uh, for the rest of the summer. He's going to be yeah. in Africa. He's in Africa for like weeks. Bummed. I'm kind of bummed about that because I had some questions for Eddie this week. Because okay, I think we all saw, are we all, are we all ready to yes. do this? Yes. Let's do just do this without him. Let's do it without him. Let's be honest. It's probably good he's not here for this. It's it is We're actually going to get the real stuff without him. I don't, know if he going, li- huh? I don't know if he listens to it. I don't know if he listens to the podcast when he's not on it. I, I, I hope he doesn't. If you do, Eddie, we love you. But we don't need you for this conversation. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> we right. actually yeah. prefer and we actually demand that you not be here. Did, so. you all, did we all watch the Cats trailer? Yes. I, I didn't. Oh. I did not. I only Wait, saw. You're talking about. I only yeah, saw, I saw the that. response of the the, the internet <laughs> melt down after the cats trailer. I I literally looked at the screenshot of the trailer and said I, I have no interest. So I didn't click. I've, I've never been on on any sort of insane or illicit drugs. <laughs> I also kind of think that I have now. I think that <laughs> I, I get that? it. I get it. I know what you. I, I I know what you people are talking about. I get both the appeal and I get sort of the concerns. I saw both sides of it in the Cats trailer. Yeah, if people don't know why we're mentioning this, Eddie Big Cat Koffeltz, our longtime cast member, has an affinity for the musical theater, in particular yes. of the feline variety. And that's why his name is Big Cat. That's why we call him Big yes. Cat, because when he first came on the podcast six years ago, for some reason, he decided to lead out with the fact that he <laughs> loves Cats, the musical. And so, of course, the internet melted down this week with the trailer of an upcoming Cats movie is coming up. Which is like a fever dream. It is like the uncanny valley. It, it looks... I don't even know where to begin. Okay, a so I haven't of, seen it. All I've heard is the cats have nipples. That's all I've heard. Okay. Well, no, yeah, I, don't, I, didn't do see, I didn't see nipples. The, no, the, I actually the heard female, the, the female cats. The female cats definitely have... Like they're too shapely. Like, like they have. It's not right. It's not of God. <laughs> they're too shapely. They look like. Oh, what are we saying, Huckabee? No, no, I say, I, no they, they, not that they're like. Not that they're like rotund. I'm just saying that they look. No, no, like no, no. I know that's not what you're saying. Too human and too <laughs> cat-like. It's like a. It's, this is somebody. Somebody. This awoke something in somebody, and they decided to take it out on a trailer. That's a, that's the thing. There's something about just the visuals. Like even if you were to watch it on mute, it feels like something that is for some reason an abomination against God. Like <laughs> what did we do here to His creation? Like what? Are, like I feel like this is going to be you a harbinger for the apocalypse. It feels so unnatural. It what? feels like just making this trailer is humanity trying to play God. Wait, why? Some of us haven't God seen it. Cats, it's God Taylor made people. Swift. 
Yeah, and guess what? That's the problem. It's Taylor Swift's face on a on a cat human thing that was not that was there's a reason god didn't make us with fur and tails like that <laughs> that was part of his perfect design and then man like the tower it of babel of yore and our hubris <laughs> has seen fit to construct a taylor swift feline abomination that you can't help but see it and feel like you are looking at the other side of the looking glass like you've gotten a peek into a into a timeline My that word. went awry it's being piped in from the dark dimension and you're just having to grapple with your <laughs> fragmented shards of what remains of your sanity. My gosh. I, I feel like wow. somewhere Andrew Andrew Lord uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber like fired up that first trailer and he saw Idris Elba perched on the side of a building like a gargoyle in full cat regalia and he's like our our costume designers were so busy with the question could they they never answer the question should they and it's just like what have we done you know like it is have horrific. you guys not seen the musical this is not different than the musical Oh, but that's this the thing. Is that's the thing. I have a take here because I think the reason that Cats the musical, which I have not seen, but the reason that Cats the musical, right. they, they they didn't have a because I live in Nashville, Annie. We don't have access to Broadway shows. We're too busy going down to watch the country Saloons. music. Uh, yeah, the boot stopping. You're a, you're an aspiring cowgirl. I don't need to tell you all this. You don't know. Yeah, I know. The only the only version of the stage show cats that I've seen is in the un, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, where Titus yeah. Andromedon joins it from the from the from the crowd. They yes, go out into yes. the crowd at one point in the show, and he goes, "I'm just going to jump in and realize my Broadway dreams." And then you realize that that's what Cats is is just a whole bunch of people who randomly went up on stage and they're just <laughs> winging it. So See, yeah, <laughs> that, that's the thing is like I feel like if there was an SNL sketch about what a cat's movie would be like it would pretty much just be this because it's like it's weird it's like it's like one of those skits that they say for really late in the show where there's no real joke other than <laughs> after, just after a creepy y'all, yeah. y'all have the weirdest take on this because the majority of humans who watch the trailer also remembered there's a musical that's exactly like this that is decades old this is not just because the three of you haven't seen cats doesn't make this weird this is just Annie, like what the musical but, was but like Annie Annie but my take my take here is that if you're in a musical the only you can't get actual singing dancing cats onto a Broadway stage, that would be absurd. So they are forced to use people who they dress up with makeup and costumes. But right. for a movie, I mean, we just had Lion King, which looks like a Richard Attenborough not documentary. Oh, no. They could do, they could do an actual like cats. No. They could CGI this. They could make this work, but instead... You want, you're advocating for the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical we classic cats. to be done in, in, in film form with CGI actual cats, not humans in costumes. That would I make picture, more sense than what we have I picture, this is I picture day one, day one of like the shooting begins and everyone, you know, oh for the gosh. first time gets in their costume. They walk out of their dressing room and Idris Elba sees Taylor Swift and they're both in full cat regalia. Yeah. And he's like, Taylor, be honest. How do I look? She's like, you look disturbing and preposterous. How do I look? And he's like, you look completely ridiculous. What have we done? Yeah. <laughs> what have? And it's like, I'm already in the cat. We're gonna, I spent nine hours getting in this this thing. I guess we're going to shoot this movie. But this is a huge mistake. Annie, you didn't see the backlash. You, you all you saw was I positive. I can't even engage in this because y'all are y- y'all have. 
exceeded ridiculous on this one to me you, because what? this is literally exactly the musical. This is no different than Les Mis I, becoming I a movie. Ridiculous. This is I. The internet melted down, Annie. I mean, literally, the 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 backlash was swift and severe. There was no positive. That's not true. Hot takes. Don't say there's no positive. You're such an all or nothing. That is not I mean, true. There a- were people who liked it just fine. I don't even like Cats, the musical. I don't like Cats, the animal. But I did recognize that that trailer was exactly the musical that everyone has paid to yeah, see but, for years. Okay, I'm uh, now I'm I'm gonna go. I'm. I'm feeling what Tyler's saying because if you look at the Lion King Broadway musical, they have which came after the movie. Yeah, it came after the movie, so it was movie before musical. No, 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 no. that was cartoon first. Okay, fine, cartoon. But I'm talking about the stage experience was people with sticks and puppets. They didn't put a camera on them for the reimagining in you know 20 years after the cartoon. They didn't reenact the stage play. That's because they They, built the play after the cartoon. No. Cats I, was a musical first. I, I'll say Cats this. I went T.S. Eliot poem first, and I think T.S. Eliot would I be do, a poem. I did I'm not frankly, know that part <laughs> until I saw the um, credits that it was to T.S. Eliot. Okay, yeah, so I, don't think, I think he would be just way. as shocked as we are. T.S. Eliot's canceled. Andrew Lloyd Webber's canceled. <laughs> oh, Unfortunately, gosh. the entire cast, including Taylor Y'all Swift. Y'all are going to love can- it. We're all going to go see it and live and live tweet and live just like um, Mystery Science 3000 used to do on Comedy yeah. Central. <laughs> on, that, yes. on, that we ag- on that, we agree. We, well, yes, we, we are in. None of this is to say that I'm not going to see it. I'll be there day one. Oh, sure. I, I will be dressed as a cat <laughs> for the comedic value and I will be dancing in the aisles. Very <laughs> feline-like, Lord. you know, stealing pro- people's popcorn problem, and eating it like a weird cat would the do. Problem, like Tyler, an alley cat. With the Lion King-esque reimagining with real animals. It's because it wasn't, the Lion King wasn't all CGI. It was animals. I mean, it was like they shot live action animals and then obviously enhanced it with cgi Did they? that's what i didn't know i, I yeah. just saw it this weekend and i didn't know if it was all cgi or if it was animals plus cgi it that animals plus oh, cgi okay. and, and, and just like just like jungle book and stuff like that so the problem is tyler shooting a movie like hurting cats oh boy <laughs> which as we know not gonna go well very difficult <laughs> yeah famously difficult but what about homeward bound they had they had the cat in there one they made, cat they made is different than Again, a whole cast of cats. That's true. Not you a can't musical hurt first. the cats. You not can do a one cat. first. Okay, I I read I read a long I read a Q and A last night because I went down the rabbit hole just like a lot of people with uh, <laughs> the humorous Mo Rocca. Do you guys know Mo Rocca? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. correspondent, yeah. and he is maybe the you know one of the biggest cats fans in the world and even he was deeply shook by this he his take was this they should have gone full cgi or some sort of interpretive not this like half cgi half thing because there's something like like tyler it's like the uncanny valley are you guys familiar with that phrase it's like this psychological thing that happens when you see something that's really close to being human but it's not quite human. Like you, you like you, you like God designed us to be like, Oh man, this is, this is probably the Nephilim. This is probably some sort of in the time before <laughs> Noah, this is what the earth looked like. We are cat mm. people running around. No wonder the flood came in and cleared out this disturbing mess. I just, <laughs> I, I think, I think they've crossed the line and done something very, very wrong. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. They, they made the character yeah. too human with the human mm-hmm. mouth. It was disturbing to the audiences when they saw the trailer. Yeah, that's true. They, I'm with you on that. Went, I didn't like Sonic back. as a person. Yeah, they went Agreed. back and delayed it nine months and they're redoing all the mouth stuff. I think the internet's outcry about what is happening, this travesty that is happening in this oh trailer, 
I think I think Annie is out. Annie is out on this. I can't. I can't. I for two years almost, I have just ridden this roller coaster with y'all, and I buckle up and I go, yeah, I know what I'm getting into. And most of the time, I I am with you today for no reason other than this is ridiculous. I'm off the roller coaster. I just can't. I'm just telling you, Annie. Annie seems personally offended. Annie, I have a question for you. I do not own any cats. Don't even assume that. No, I are you in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> do we not know? That's a something? better question. You're and well I connected for that. You're well connected in the world of, of Broadway musicals. You're, you're buddies with the cast. Oh, that's right. One yeah, of the most Wicked. successful musicals of all time. Wicked. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if Annie had somehow worked her way into a cameo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, I'm back on. Would, you got, me with, be, you got me with that. I'm back on. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Buckle and up. Annie, I feel like we personally, he we brought a pun that I could you. not resist. And I am excited to see you in yeah. this film. And I, I can't wait for you guys but... to figure out which character I am when it comes out. <laughs> it'll be it'll be both very strange and very difficult and very easy. It's going to be very difficult for you to kind tell, like but I'm going to let you guess. There's approximately 30 to 45 cats in that movie or er, people cats. And I'm not going to tell you which one I am. <laughs> when I saw Jason Derulo in the, in the trailer, I was like, I both immediately knew it was Jason Derulo. I had no idea who it was. And I was and I was screaming for my life all at the same time. Time. It was an experience. I felt every emotion. I under can't the sun. wait to see this movie with you guys. We're gonna have the best time. We've never gone to a movie together as a family. I can't wait. It. We should do we it. We can do it. We can all get together for the, the last time we did a podcast viewing of a movie was uh the Nicolas Cage theater release of oh, yeah. Left Behind. <laughs> I, I I will agree to see this movie with you guys, and I will agree I, if I one of you does it with me to dress in the most realistic <laughs> and intricate cat costume. Jesse, the hundred percent. I'll do Andy, that with you. you. And, oh, you guys know I'll do anything to hang out. Yes, I'm the one who sends right, texts and nobody I'm responds in. to. Oh, of I'm course. In. I'll go see Spider-Man in a cat costume. I don't Chandler, care. Chandler, make a note for me to follow up uh, with uh, the finance team to budget some cat costumes for this. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure out a way to work it. We'll expense this thing. I think that's cool, right, Cameron? I mean, we, yeah. this is good. This is an investment, really. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. When, when are these cat costume costumes not going to come in handy? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think they could be long-term helpful for us. People tune into this show for us to discuss what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture. There's nothing more important happening right now than this the 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 travesty the spiritual travesty of this movie. Yeah. So wow. if, you're, if you're spiritual travesty, travesty. That is so and dumb. whatever, and you're wondering why we're spending the first ten minutes talking about this, it's because it's very important. Intersection. So. I am sorry, Eddie's not here because I think Eddie would really. I don't know. Be with I, me. He wasn't owning it. He wasn't owning it from what I could see online when people were calling him out like, "Hey, Eddie, this is kind of weird." He wasn't doubling down. Yeah, he actually really wasn't. That's a good point. He, yeah. told, he told me to shut up on Twitter, so he clearly had some feelings about it. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I did not unre- see him tell you to shut up. Did he really? Oh, this, it, it was unrelated to the cats thing. But, yeah, uh, was it just uh, life? Yeah, just, this, happens, yeah. this happens pretty regularly with he, Eddie he on, sent, on Twitter. Yeah, he sent me a very hostile text message just out of the blue, and I don't know what this has to do with cats. I'm just saying he just seems on edge. So I don't know what he thinks about cats, but we'll just assume that he hates it with the intensity of a thousand suns. So no, I think that no there we are. I yeah. bet like, here's what we actually know about Eddie. I bet he had so many feelings about it. He couldn't talk about it yet. I bet that's what it is. <laughs> I bet I he that, was, I think that I, he's, I'm with he, you on that one. He yeah. has not been able to separate 
into words how strongly okay. he felt. And so Annie, he I have just an idea. I have talk. an idea. But, but, but don't you think idea. it's kind of like one of those things that like when you love something like as a child or something like that, like it was so dear to you for the time of life when you came across mm-hmm. it or you were in a high school play of a thing. You love the Wizard of Oz or whatever. Something is dear to you. And then you see a reimagining of the thing. Yeah. And it's reimagined in a way that's very different than what you loved about it or what you thought, like what you would have reimagined it to be. You know what I mean? Like there's disappointment and detachment. I don't know, even though he loves the stage play, I don't know that he would be all in just because this is cats. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very different. Annie, I have an idea on, you know, on that sounds okay. fun. Your, your, your podcast, you have been doing a deep dive okay. into the Enneagram, really d- diving yes, into the psychological, um, you know, implications. Are we going to Enneagram all the cats? No, I think oh. what we need to is something along that psychological vein of a deep spiritual dive. And the episode's just called, called Processing Cats. And we get <laughs> Dr. Ian Cron. We get some of the great thinkers in Christian psychology. Dr. We, Ian Cron. I'm not sure he is, but I like that you gave it to him. And Hard, I right? think... I think we need to get them and and help us process what we just saw because okay. it is deeply disturbing. It's spiritual. I think we need. I think we need someone who's an expert in spiritual warfare because I'm not <laughs> sure that I felt like my soul was attacked oh in a weird way. Gosh. I felt like oppression for some reason. Yeah. I don't. Well, I think when we, you lay you know, in bed we need at to get night, all the leaders in here. When you lay in bed at night and lights are out and you're alone with your thoughts, you feel a heaviness now. A weight, a cloud yeah. is on wow. you that wasn't there yeah. pr- prior to viewing this I need, trailer. I need some of the I need some of the Bethel team in there to really, yeah. you know, do some <laughs> warfare because this is guys, we're dabbling. We're dabbling in some heavy stuff. Some weird juju. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to influencer and host of the Hillsong Channel show now with Natalie, Natalie Manuel Lee about the future of faith and culture. Um, as part of our ongoing look at our uh, 100th issue roundtable conversations, uh, you might recognize the name. Natalie Manuelli is a uh, sister of Jerry Lorenzo, uh, yeah. who is on our cover, the founder of Fear of God, and also Angela uh, Manuel Davis, who's uh, like Soul Cycle and huge uh, influencer in LA in the faith and fitness kind of arena. So, very Natalie's Instagram is very cool, and she dresses so cool. Well, she, she has a power color. She wears a red power color, which I am impressed. She's also been like a celebrity stylist, to my understanding. Yeah. Like she, this is arguably the coolest group of siblings currently. Uh-huh, living. for sure. I mean, I don't know if I had to pick a group of three cooler sisters. It's it's uh uh the the Manuel family followed yeah. by the Joe Bros followed. <laughs> <laughs> F- follow follow closely by Dennis and Randy Quaid. It is. Uh, yeah. I mean, oh, they are wow. cool. They are yeah. cool. They are cool. I want to so. ask her. Ask her. Make sure to ask her when we interview her what she thinks about the Cats remake. I'm be very curious what the cool cool family. <laughs> ask her about. if red is her power color. It looks like it based on her Instagram. She knows. Or it's just a seasonal power color. Maybe red is just the 2019 summer power color. Yeah. No, no, no. That's not how power colors work. You don't pick a power color based on the season. Your power color is your power color. Tell me how power colors work real quick. That's how they work. work. In the 1980s, my dad wore a red tie every day because red was was power coloring his all his employees. It was a power tie. And he that was just the thing. He talked to me about it. He had a strategy behind it. He was Mm -hmm. going to be his trademark thing. The red tie. Mm -hmm. The mustache. 
Oh, yeah. Very bold. Selleck-esque mustache. Uh, 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 if you have a red tie <laughs> in a mustache, you are either like an awesome trial lawyer that no one wants a piece of, and you probably have a cool nickname like Steve the Hammer Strang. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I get it done. Like you, it's either that or you're, you know, running for Congress. Like those yeah. are the, that's the, the mustache red tie combo is yeah. a, like a really, really good trial attorney like injury attorney yeah, yeah. i definitely see the like the like small town sheriff who's decided to make his like jump into politics like he's yeah. seen the dark side of the city and he's like i need to go you know what's time for me to do he puts he buys the red tie from from walmart or target and now he's making the jump into like i've, I've seen what the city has to offer and he carries a big dirty hairy pistol on but his that guy would also have a vest he would be a vest and tie guy. Yeah, that could yeah. be. Yeah, especially down oh, south. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah. Annie. What is your power color? When you want to, when you want to take into a room. I mean, you already have. You already command a room. But when you Thank want to you. send a message, you know that you're not going to put up with none of this sass about the cats trailer. What color <laughs> are you are you wearing? Had in I known to intimidate. Purple. To intimidate. Had I known today we were going to go so hard into the cats thing, and I was going to have to yeah. stand alone. I would have worn black. Black is my power color when it comes yeah. to business. Mm. I wear here. This is controversial. Also, also funerals. I, I, I wear. Also, cl- sure. I wear mostly transparent, like a transparent shirt. It's very confusing. People <laughs> want to know. It seems yeah. inappropriate. Sure. But here's the thing. It's very unsettling. It makes people yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, I have the edge. If you're uncomfortable, right. I have the I don't that's care right. what I don't care how deep red your tie is, how thick your mustache is, how menacing your black is, Annie. When wow. someone comes in, he's wearing a transparent t shirt. Yeah. It's pretty weird. It is yeah, yeah. It's you very, mean full makes, transparent. You don't mean translucent or opaque. You mean you wear a transparent shirt. It's basically it's well. It's the a one he wears z- to his annual reviews here at Relevant is yeah. has a slight uh, sheen and shimmer to it. Like uh. you aren't sure if it's reflecting or if it's see. I, we can't tell, but you don't look yeah. directly at it. That's the point. It's very yeah. uncomfortable yeah, for it's, everyone. It's so yeah, and it's yeah, very okay. sweaty too because okay. it's made of plastic. And yeah, I'm I would imagine it would be death. plastic. It's some sort of saran wrap look. L- listen. If the person sitting across from you is sweating profusely, uncontrollably, wearing a clear plastic shirt, that's right. I'm telling you, you're going to win in that conversation as quickly as you can. You're and right. Giving that person the upper hand. I mean, exactly, this is, exactly how do you right. think Jesse is our our chief content person here at Relevant? I, I, every year he gets a promotion, and 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 we don't know why. It's not merited. No, Cameron's like, I got to end this meeting. I, certainly, certainly this isn't based on work. <laughs> so, You've read our magazine. No, certainly Cameron's just trying to end the meeting as quickly as possible. Because yeah. I'm right. saying, I'm, whatever you want. Just get away. Right. You know, you know, just lording around his office wearing He's, this transparent shirt, across sweating the desk. everywhere. I take it, say, okay, can we be done now? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> can we be done now? Yeah. Whatever write, you say, I write Jesse, out a piece of paper what I want, slide it. He's like, I don't care. I'm not even opening the piece of paper. Just let somebody else handle this. Get out I of my office and put a, put a red shirt on or something. <laughs> oh, my gracious. That All is right. so funny. We'll move the show along. Stay tuned. Up next, it's Slices. Here 
been listening to Mike Maines and the Branches. The song is Live Forever. None of us are going to do it. Well, I guess if you wow. life and Jesus. Cameron. Well. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Jarena DeMarco with Tigre. Okay, it's time for Slices. Okay. What do you have, Jesse? All right, I'm going to, before I jump into the actual news item, which is a twofer, I am going Gosh. to conduct my own anecdotal th- research to see to see if this research is actually correct. Chandler, remember the first two hold off. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh my gosh. This is, this is, this is real time science people. Okay. Uh, Hey, Hey uh, guys, what do you call somebody with no body and no nose? <laughs> what do you call them? No body and no nose. Nobody, nobody knows. knows. Yeah. Nobody, nobody knows. knows. Okay. Yeah. okay. okay. All right, how about this? How about this? Oh, <laughs> I got a whole list of these dad right. jokes, by the way. You know I love if, these. If you see a robbery at an Apple store, does that make you an eyewitness? Okay, now Chandler, let's continue the study here. Okay. Hey, all right, Chandler, be ready here. This is science. Don't mess right. this up. Okay. Did you know that the first French fries weren't actually cooked in France? They were cooked in Greece. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's try another one for science. Let's try it. <laughs> Okay, I'm reading a I'm reading a book about anti gravity. It's impossible to put down. Oh no! Wow! <laughs> just for the sake of science, just for the sake of science. Today, my son, he's six. He comes up to me and says, uh, "Can I have a bookmark?" And I said, "I burst into tears." He's six years old, and he still doesn't know my name is Jesse. <laughs> 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 okay okay i think but at I least think, he likes to read at least yeah, he likes he, to read he does like to read okay so thankfully i can continue with my slice because it's proven scientifically that it's accurate um uh okay here it is you so, have a dad joke slice yeah okay so researchers oh man. i saw people tweeting this to jesse last night so i kind of know where he's going yeah. So there's been recent research that has found that uh, laugh tracks and laughing actually make terrible dad jokes even funnier. So uh, what they did is the, the scientists, they took and they, and they purposely picked they, they the jokes they picked are way worse than mine. Uh, they they I picked, just don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to hear them. I just wish we had a dad joke segment. <laughs> on that one. Okay, these Damn. these are the jokes they they actually used in the study. So what they did is they took a, a, a bunch of different uh, types of people and they asked them. Uh, they they told them dad jokes. Now when they they for each each of the the segments of the research they they had three different things they were trying to accomplish. Well, first they had a professional comedian read all of the jokes, so the execution was the same. So they read them. They, they had the comedian tell the jokes just straight up. They had the comedian tell the jokes with a laugh track and they had the comedian tell the joke with uh people organically laughing with the joke here are the ah, jokes okay. that they told for the study uh what does a, they're really bad um what does a dinosaur use to pay the bills oh i can't wait tyrannosaurus checks <laughs> <laughs> uh what's orange and sounds like a parrot carrot mm-hmm. 
<laughs> uh, it, it was it was jokes so at that bad. level that are really I love bad. Them so those much, are, Jesse. Great. I they're love really them so winners. much. Winners, they're, they're the really board. terrible. What's but they, so they have the like, Oh, that that carrot one really tickled me. That By the good. way, I've got a list on my phone of dad jokes, and I'm adding both of those right now. Okay, please Jared. do, please yeah. do. And so, so what they found <laughs> is when people when they did this study over and over again, and they asked people to rank if the joke as they heard it told was funny or not. If if they just heard the comedian tell the joke just straight up with no laughter, most people thought they were pretty terrible and not funny. When they told the joke with the laugh track, there was a significant uptick in the amount of people that found the joke funny. When they told the joke and they had people like organically laughing in the background, that had the highest response of people who told the joke. So, uh, you know, they, uh, one of the uh, professors behind the study said it suggests we respond to spontaneous, genuine laughter rather than poster canned laughter, showing the uh, uh, showing the inherent human joy and value of natural response. Uh, you know, they said that adding laughter of the jokes increases the humor value, no matter how funny or unfunny the joke is. So there is a reason Brilliant. when you're watching shows like, you know, Big Bang Theory that are objectively unfunny and they had a laugh track <laughs> that people are basically tricked into seeing into thinking that it's funny. It's an actual, uh, you know, scientifically proven f- fact now that if you add laughter to the end of a joke, that it's actually way funnier. So wow. uh, just a little science for you there. Um, and I'm glad that we could actually confirm the findings of this study with that little informal research that we did there. So thank you guys for participating in my study. I enjoyed it so much. I know it was, it was, I just love a dad joke. Y'all there's just nothing better. They're just so special. They they really are. And and some of them, they're not that bad. I mean, you know, the carrot, it is orange and sounds like parrot technically. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, wait, can I me. tell you a super fast story? Yes. Yesterday, a friend of mine and I were texting and he was going into an eye doctor appointment. And I said, I hope you let you keep them. <laughs> and I thought I was really proud of my, and then he said, it's not the two that it's not that that I'm worried about. It's what he's going to do with this third one. <laughs> and I thought uh, two dad jokes in a row. Y'all didn't right, laugh. Well, I, Annie, 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 I need Annie, one more. Test I'm sorry. Are you buried the lead a little bit on that? Who's this gentleman you're texting? <laughs> oh my with? gosh! I'm allowed to text men that aren't the three of y'all, and they respond. That's the difference. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> just a friend. Just a friend. But I mean, she's still I, heard I, about Cameron. The you know I'm going to announce when I'm in love. Don't you worry about that. I ain't in love. I, hey, I want to do one more test before I move on to my second of my two. For Chandler, get your finger on the button here. Hey, hey, Chandler, hey. You didn't really help me out with that, which I thought those so side jokes really were funny. Right. Hey, 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 Annie, uh, I can't wait to see your appearance in the in the new Cats movie. Your cam meow. <laughs> <laughs> Gold. Oh. See, it works. It's science, people. All right, I got another. I got another. <laughs> I got another science study. Uh, uh, this one comes from researchers from Yale, and these researchers from Yale, uh, you know, they determined that uh, you know, for them, they were trying to look at how can they um, convince people to take more action against climate change. And mm-hmm. what they determined is that because still uh, the majority or a large portion of people in this country consider themselves Christians, that they should maybe target the research to try to um, determine what's the best way to get more Christians concerned about climate change. Because as they noted, and as we've noted in a lot of our um, uh, reporting about climate change, still a large portion of evangelicals either don't think that climate change is happening or they don't think that 
anything that humans did is actually responsible for the changing climate. So oh, wow. uh, the researchers, uh, you know, they they actually did, you know, they talked to a lot of people who uh, are Christians and have maintained these views about climate change. Either it, it doesn't exist or uh, it, um, it, you know, isn't influenced uh, by humans. And they they asked them a bunch of different questions, but then they asked uh, the same types of people questions, but they phrased it differently and they didn't make it about climate change. They made it about God and creation. So when they asked someone a questions like um, uh, or they made they, they emphasize things like this when they were asking about climate change, God made humans responsible for taking care of his creation. So if they qualified their question about climate change with something about God and faith and use words like creation and God and creator and the idea of creation care, they found that people were much more uh, um, open to discussions about climate change and changing their thinkings about climate change. Mm. And here's what one of the researchers from Yale said. They said, as scholars, we hope this study inspires additional research about how to engage people uh, of different demographics through these types of messages. We also hope the results will encourage people to speak more on the issue of climate change with their family and friends, given that now that they have the knowledge that if they frame the discussion as one of a spiritual issue, not a political one, then they can have this discussion more effectively because what they found is uh, if you just frame it as a discussion about climate change, a lot of people automatically think about the political implications and what that would mean for their, their personal political views and ignore kind of the heart of the matter at hand. But if you frame it as a spiritual issue, they were much, much more open. And that's according to recent studies from Yale, which I felt like is really interesting. And honestly, I think for people who care about the issue um, and that are interesting, interested in engaging their Christian family members or friends or people that they go to church with, I feel like it's actually pretty helpful, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that we, because we talk about, climate change and climate science quite a bit at relevant. And it's because it has been for as long as I've been there and long before it's been an important part of the brand. And it's interesting to see that it's often accused of being sort of a partisan issue. Um, like, uh, like why is relevant taking a side in the political debate? And I don't think it needs to be a political debate. I think that's an unfair framing that's been foisted yeah. on us by, by bad faith actors who, uh, who don't really, mm. uh, have a whole lot of, they have, may have different stakes, sir, or different interests in the issue than they're being completely honest about. But, uh, but I would love to see Christians rescue the climate change debate from partisan gridlock because it is an important issue. And I think it's a spiritual one. And, and, and the, the irony is it really hasn't always been a political issue. Right. It, you know, that's like, what bugs me. Yeah. Like I remember years ago stumbling on a video of um, this is, you know, way this is years and years prior to an inconvenient truth coming out. And this is when, uh, you know, uh, Al Gore was first kind of becoming interested in climate science. And he was actually a guest on the 700 Club. And right. Pat Robertson gave him vocal res- uh, support. Uh, gave, oh, wow. gave Al Gore vocal support for this research because at the time Al Gore decided to go on what is, you know, largely viewed as a pretty partisan and controversial Christian TV show, but to engage a Christian audience with this topic because this is years before there were really any political implications to the issue. This is mm. was something that we can all come together and say, hey, the science seems to indicate this. How can we work together? And, you know, now that seems 
I mean, just the idea of that seems like something from like an alternate reality, like a Christian TV show having, you know, someone who's viewed as a liberal politician come on to talk about an Arn Potterson issue that that audience might be interested in. That just wasn't that anymore. That was in the 80s, though, that clip, right? Uh, it, it was, it might have been, it was either late 80s, early 90s around that Cause, time. Because I think, I think what, when things started to divide was in the 90s with the moral majority, when Clinton was in office and you had the Newt Gingrich and, you know, all the, you know, kind of Christian leadership kind of like fighting against the liberal Clinton stuff. And, and, and then that's when the partisanship shifted in this issue, yeah. because like you said prior to that, Christian environmentalism was a big thing. It was like the Bible talks about this. this is God's creation. We should care about this. But then when in the 90s, conservative uh, Christians, economically conservative Christians wanting religious freedom and less government regulation. Now, the liberal party is more about regulating, you know, environmental standards and things like that. It became a partisan issue. And then when Al Gore became the champion for it, the Christian leadership walked out the door. I mean, it was just like, that's when it was like the divide happened was when yeah. truth. Yeah. And the irony is, so I just looked at, you know, uh, that clip, uh, that visit to the seven hundred clubs in 1992, that yeah. was a year before he became the vice president. Right. So the, you know, like you were saying, Cameron, that perfectly illustrates that literally the difference between a relatively, a relatively anonymous lawmaker who is champion an issue that happens to be a Democrat, the difference between that and the vice president of Bill Clinton was, right. you know, one year apart, totally reframed the issue as a political one instead of one that, you know, we could possibly have some sort of bipartisan conversation about. That, mm-hmm. And that's what I find really interesting about it. Yeah. yeah. All right. What do you have, Amy? Uh, equally as important. Not at all. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> super judge. interesting, too, though. Who'll be yeah. the judge? I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. Also, the dad jokes, I'm never going to have a, a slice as much as I enjoyed Jesse's dad <laughs> joke slice. Um, I found this article. I think this is super interesting for a bunch of my friends who are moving out to L.A., uh, you know, one of the things that is a problem with living in LA and San Francisco is the cost of housing. I was just listening to a podcast and hearing uh, the girl who lives there, lives in LA, talk about trying to buy a home is like next to impossible if you want to live in LA. But there are, I, I'm fascinated to hear your thoughts on this. There is a new like, um, housing opportunity, an option called pod share. Have y'all heard about this yet? Yes, I, have. I did. I did read something about oh, this. Everybody's yeah. in. Great. Okay, I but I still want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I it you. is twelve hundred dollars a month, and you're. It's kind of a subscription where it's twelve hundred dollars a month. There's five places in LA and one in San Francisco. And when you pay $1,200 a month, instead of renting a room or even a bed, you are literally getting like a pod, and it's it looks like an extra large bunk bed. But you get, um, and there's, sorry, there's, yeah, five, loca- six in LA, one in San Francisco. You don't have to make a deposit. There's no like commitment. You don't have to sign a lease or anything, but you get a bed and a locker and access to Wi Fi. And that's it. Each one includes a shelf and a TV. And there's like some random stuff that's included. Uh, 
like cereal and ramen and <laughs> toilet paper and toothpaste, which is like the grossest combination of things. But what do you guys think about this? What's your thought on, would you ever, I mean, back your lives up to where you're 23 and you've got a job in LA or a job in San Francisco and you work a ton, but you need a place to sleep. Are you paying $1,200 for a pod? I don't know if I would. I mean, I've been in situations in my in younger years where basically the place where I quote unquote lived was only a place place to stay. I've lived on couches in people's living rooms. I had an apartment for a long, long time where my only piece of where I had a room in the apartment that was mine. But the only piece of furniture in there was an air mattress. Like literally because I was only going there to sleep. I didn't really need anything beyond that. So I think if I was in that time uh, uh, of life, I, Honestly, I mean, twelve hundred dollars seems a lot for. Yeah, just that, that, that's my issue. Is for twelve hundred bucks, and you could get four or five roommates and actually get a legit place to live. Yeah, and y'all contribute that kind of money. Yeah, you know what I mean. In in those cities, it just seems like an extreme. It seems amount. expensive, but also yeah. like it, you know, I mean, I think there's also people who their company is based in St. Louis, but they're in San Francisco for a month. That may just be easier than getting a whole place to yourself or finding a, you know, or it's going to be cheaper than an Airbnb for a month. Cause I'm staying in oh, an Airbnb for, sure. for a week in New York and it's more than $1,200, you know? So yeah. I think I just but wonder if it's for a, a, for a bunk bed, right? It's a bunk bed with still, a, it still seems pretty dystopian. I mean, you should Google it and look at the picture because I saw say it. it again. It's, uh, you're sharing one room with four people because it's yeah. two sets of bunk beds. It's yeah. crazy. There's no privacy. It's not like, like you, you guys have probably done this too when you did relevant touring, but you know, when you sleep on a bus, you, you get a bunk and you have a TV and you got a little space, but there's a curtain that you can close right. that gives you privacy. And the pictures of this don't seem to offer a lot of privacy. <laughs> No, it's like it's like a vacation home with that room for the kids with the bunk beds in it. I mean, it's like that's it. That's all it is. My, my roommates are like, they're like, hey, listen, we understand there's not a lot of privacy here, but could you at least not wear your power shirt here? Could you at least not wear something transparent, please? I mean, we're sharing. I mean, good God, you're staying in a bed directly under me. I would at least like for you not to be sweating profusely in your power shirt today. Gross. Is that too much to ask? No, but I feel yeah, like if, if it was you wear cheaper, your power shirt, it's fifteen hundred dollars a month. That's what I saw. Yeah. <laughs> There's a premium if you yeah. want to go around in your transparent power shirt. No, but if it was like, let's say, it, you know, LA, particularly San Francisco, San Francisco is one of the most expensive cities in the world. Yeah. San Francisco for, makes more sense to me than LA, honestly. Yeah. But, but like, let's say those two cities are somewhat outliers in the $1,200 uh, a month price point. Let's say it's a city, you know, like a, like a Midwestern city that's still expensive, but not as expensive, like a Detroit or Chicago or uh, St. Louis it's or something city, like that. Something, yeah. yeah. Where yeah. if it was down to like 300 a month or something, would that right. be something you guys could, would even consider? Or is it too weird of an idea to essentially not have a home and just have, you know, a, a bed that you can pop in and out of? I'm not going to do it for a year, but I can see a world where a, a month I could maybe do that. You know, like I, I, I went to in college, I'm sure a lot of people have done this, you know, like doing like a backpacking trip in college where you're basically you're staying in hostels, which are extremely cheap. But the the trade off is you're sleeping in a room with a bunch of beds with a bunch of strangers and there's right. a community bathroom. I did that for like two months. And it was different hostels all the time. And I didn't really think twice about it. So, I, you know, I think if it went to more of like that kind of like 
hostel feel, which is way cheaper and uh-huh. more communal than kind of these like weird sleeping pods, which like Tyler, you said, feels kind of dystopian. I could see that be more of appeal, you know? I do not yeah. like hostels because I don't, I'm not here to make friends. Like I don't like hostels. I don't like bed and breakfast. I'm not trying to like, I, I, the reason I picked to stay here that was not because I needed me. five that more shocks friends. Me. That shocks me. Really? I, I would have thought yeah, that you that is were very all not about my the personality. You're right. You're all about the BMB life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't wear like I feel like to really love bed and breakfast, you need to like wear ascots and you need to drink a lot of like ascots. From my experience yeah. in this podcast, you guys are just you just don't like hang with shrimp. I got I got something in the mail the other day. I almost texted you guys a picture of it. And it, and it was like a it was a homemade so flyer. You, and me, you almost text and I usually do. Go ahead. I, and I got a flyer and, and and it said I got it downstairs. I could show you. And it said Pool party, uh, a welcome to the neighborhood pool party. Let's all get together and meet the new neighbors and have a time and date. And they're going to have hot dogs. Hot dogs. A lot of you guys, that seems like your nightmare. To me, that's like, oh, that seems like a pleasant thing to do. But was it one of your cousins? No. You live with all your people. Listen, it's a it's a very friendly community, and I would gladly Listener. share a sleeping pod with any of them, even in my transparent power shirt. And I will be <laughs> attending this pool party in the transparent power shirt uh, because I want to let the neighbors know his boss around here. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really have a, a problem with hostels. Cameron Tyler, have you guys done the hostel thing before? At any no. point? No. Yeah, I, I liked it. No, yeah. I had a good experience in my ho- my hostel's experience. My hostel experiences have been positive. They have been not really. Do you, do you like it a like? Did you do it a lot in your life? I think the uh, there was a time, yeah, 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 where I was doing it. Like it's not, it was it's, not it's definitely it's a young man's game, but it was a yeah, good one. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, back yeah. Back when I was yeah. in it, a young man's. I'll game. say this: I've only witnessed a murder one time, and <laughs> you know, you get some real life experience out there. I mean, a lot of creep balls, a lot of creep balls are out there. I know that for sure because. Where do you think I got the idea for transparent power? Say, there you go. All right, there it is. <laughs> Chandler, that was the laugh track moment, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. He's we already the proved, science already proved us right. Yeah. All right. What do you have, Tyler? Um, all right. So this I thought was kind of interesting, just because it's a uh, when I today when I think of when I think of drones, I think of two things. One, I think of some very negative, disturbing headlines coming about how drones are changing the the shape of warfare, obviously. And then the other yeah, ones are drones that are used for awesome viral videos involving fireworks of some kind. <laughs> Sometimes people get hit in the face by them. Uh, so they're either a source of of kind of like vapid delight or uh-huh. else terror and destruction. R- real sure. quick. My favorite drone videos is this guy <laughs> who's got the most giant hornet's nest you've ever seen on the side of his house. Like, it has taken over his house and he he's decided that the best way to do it is just fly his drone into it and attack a giant nest of wasp with a drone. I watched that thing for like 15 minutes. It was a battle between one drone and like 500 wasps and it was awesome. Continue, Tyler. They're, I agree with you on viral drone videos. <laughs> <laughs> they are sweet. They are sweet. My bunk mate, my bunk mate was watching it and he forced me to watch it uh, under the threat of violence. And so in that situation, you watch whatever he tells you to watch. Hostile life. Is it possible that life. drones, hostile life, that drones can be used for something even better than hilarious videos of people getting hit in the face by fireworks fired from drones? <laughs> you might think no, but a new, this new report I found would suggest otherwise because there was a project that was actually launched in Myanmar 
uh, in which drones use something that were called seed missiles that were, and these drones were used to reforest uh, deforested areas. These, uh, there was a f- area the size of Rhode Island where in which all the trees had been cut down, the entire forest had been decimated uh, by construction. These drones were sent out to fire seeds across the hillside to try to reforest it. Um, and a year later, they this uh, it took one day. These drones planted 400,000 trees in a single day. And a year later, that happened a year ago, and now they are 20 inches tall. So they've keep growing, and it's been a success. This was made by NASA engineers. Um, they said, uh, the guy who invented it said, planting a billion trees will take a long time without the help of drones, but they're on their way. Um, for context, it took the Worldview Foundation, who replant, who replants deforested areas, seven years to plant six million trees in Myanmar. Now, with these drones, they're going to plant four million by the end of how, 2019. How does a drone plant? It? I mean, a drone transporting it, I get, but yeah, how? How the, is it, there a human there to go? Oh, okay, and I'll dig the hole. I mean, it literally fires the seeds with the for, enough force to plant it underground, so they're not just spraying so like seeds across the out, countryside. Like, it's like ow. a missile. It's like pow oh. in there. I see. I imagine being the environmental pow. minister, and you're like, all right, you know, the the, the scientists come in, they're like, okay, uh, uh, sir, we've we've uh, we've prepared a three hour presentation. Um, about the possibility of use of drones uh, uh, to, to reforest the countryside. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna, we're going to need, we've, we've been working on this presentation for a year. We think it'll give you a good idea of what we're talking about, introducing seed missiles. And right then he's like, let me stop you there. <laughs> <laughs> seed missiles in Greenland. We don't even need the presentation. Seed missiles. What an awesome idea. Like, I think that's like an incredible use of the technology. It's just really, really cool that they shoot seeds with enough force to plant trees. Like, Sometimes you you hear about these inventions and you're like, yeah, this was a guy invention. They didn't bring in. They didn't bring. <laughs> that was, sure. There weren't a lot of women. There weren't a lot of I women in the room for this. I didn't want to say that, <laughs> Huck, but I thought uh, this is a girl even did not name. think this yeah. up. Yeah. Even the name. Even if it works, and it does work. Even if it works. Yeah, that guy was nine years old. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's your son. You still think your name is Mark? Yeah, I mean, this would be a game changer. Like on the the hillsides, even in California. I mean, a lot of the mud mudslides and and stuff that's happening there. Whenever you know dry season happens, and then it rains, and then mudslides like wipe out whole huge areas, homes, everything. Yeah. If they if we could get vegetation on those mountainsides and hillsides, like, like forest reforest it, it would hold the sedation back, you know, during the rainy season. The roots. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, the same thing is one of the major issues facing Haiti. I mean, if you look at the Dominican Republican side, Dominican Republic side of that Island, it's lush tropical woods and forests everywhere. And then you go to the Haiti side and the, and the hillsides are scalped because of kind of the, sustenance level mindset of the, you know, the, the people in the villages will go up and they'll cut down anything they can to like, you know, then burn fossil, you know, burn wood to make dinner and things like that. And so then now there's mudslides and, and, and it's un, unplantable. But if like we could go in and reforest it in a kind of a mass way, that, that could change a country. I yeah. mean, that's, yeah. that's an amazing thing. Wow. Four million, four million new trees in a year. That's it just a missiles them into the ground. Trees. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, yeah, like a machine gun. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Natalie Manuel Lee joins us. We're not in California. 
Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. While you're in your podcast app of choice, make sure to check out our latest podcast, Relevant Daily, where every weekday we bring you what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture in about 10 minutes. Also, this week coming up, season two of Unedited with yours truly, Cameron Strang, is coming back. We have an incredible lineup. It is coming back next week. Hey, can you give them a preview? Can you tell them one person? A little tease here. Okay, tease. Uh, very first episode of season two, none other than Christine King. Wow, wow. It's powerful. Uh, can't wait. You're listening to Kay Flay. The song is not in California. Uh, the song, I don't know if you caught it in the lyrics, it's about having affordably priced spacious living abodes. <laughs> and then he called it not <laughs> in California. That's good, Cameron. That's pretty fast, that was, that was That was one of your best. Not bad. Not bad. Where's that last track? Where's that last track? We didn't even need yeah. it. We didn't even need it. We didn't Here's the problem stupid. with Chandler. Stupid. Chandler is very stingy about that laugh track. And we've all earned it at one point <laughs> or another today, and he's only given it to Jesse. That's Chandler, true. speak for yourself. Why are you being so stingy? I'm sorry. Well, today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Creating a site with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with a click of a mouse. You can even design a best-in-class online store with Squarespace's award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more, all without a single plugin including all the tools you need to track inventory, process orders, and send custom emails in one intuitive interface. Squarespace Commerce allows you to understand every aspect of your business. And right now, they're offering Relevant Podcast listeners a special deal. Go to squarespace.com slash relevant for a free trial. And when you are ready to launch your website, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Natalie Manuel Lee is a celebrity stylist, an Instagram influencer, and the executive producer and host of Hillsong Channel's series, Now with Natalie. The series uh, features intimate conversations about faith with celebrities like NBA star Tyson Chandler, model Halle Bieber, her brother, Fear of God founder Jerry Lorenzo, uh, pop star Kelly Rowland, and others. Natalie was part of our panel of more than 40 thinkers, leaders, and activists to participate in our roundtable discussions about the future of the church, cultural trends, activism, and intentional living in Relevance 100th issue, which is out now. Check it out at relevantmagazine.com. Tyler, you spoke to Natalie. Tell us about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we had a really interesting conversation, and I really admire her, how, how dedicated Natalie is to being someone in LA who is kind of living in that tension of uh, of working in the, in the Hollywood industry, not unlike her brother, who we talked to a lot about this, of working in the the industry, but also trying to main, uh, maintain her own spiritual compass and and keep her her anchor really set and secure there. And I asked her if she thought, from her perspective, whether or not, particularly Hollywood, particularly the film industry, was going to start responding to the interest in faith based films that we've kind of seen, uh, but we haven't been super impressed with the content so far. But the 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 desire is definitely there. The money is there. Their audiences have proved that they will respond to faith-based content. I asked her if she thought that that was going to start improving and whether the industry would start 
uh, turning out more and higher quality faith-based films. Here's what she said. I believe so, but we have to do our part and continue to push for truth in any and everything that we do um, content-wise. Because again, we're hungry. The, the generation, the culture is starving for truth, especially now what's going on just in the world and, you know, with just all these all these movements, quote unquote, happening that are finally being either televised or, you know, people are actually seeing it on social media. I think that our culture is hungry and they see the need. So with that, Hollywood Unfortunately, sometimes we'll do whatever they can do, you know, for the big bucks and for the dollars. But I also pray that, you know, the people higher up in, you know, the Hollywood world will see the need. So do I believe? I I hope so. I, I pray so. But I think as we, you know, people on the front line that are creating the, this purposeful content now that we continue to add value that's the key. We have to continue to add value to the content and the things that we're pushing and creating for people to see the need for it. So to answer your question, I hope so. <laughs> Dude, I think she nailed it though with the add value, right? Yeah, because like, I think so too. It's, it's really easy to make a movie that has like a good message, right? But right. is it good? Is it entertaining? Is it compelling? And that's one thing that, you know, she, you know, she was also the for- one of the former, uh, she was like a director at Fear of God. Like she worked with the brand as it was kind of uh, coming along in the early days. And that's one thing that's been like a hallmark of that brand yeah. is you see someone like Jerry Lorenzo having like an extreme attention to detail and like an extreme intentionality with everything that they make so that like no matter what you think about uh his faith or 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 natalie's values it's excellent and it's good and it adds value to the marketplace you know he's in you know their products are in paris and every you know but the same applies not just to the fashion industry but with music and film and i think she nailed it there yeah i wanted to ask her about because she she kind of brought this up is uh the question of, of what we do when, uh, and I think many of us listening, many people listening to this, and, and I myself have been guilty of sort of backseat driving uh, faith-based films. Uh, it's easy to criticize. It's easy to critique. But I wanted to know from her perspective, how could we be more, be more pro- proactive in helping push forward the value here and, and making sure that the, the content that we want uh, or the content that reflects our faith well is uh, is actually happening from a proactive sense uh, of us really trying to help move the conversation forward. And she had some interesting thoughts about that too. We can't be afraid to offend other Christians. We can't be afraid to offend other faith-based people. We have to speak the truth that God has, has given us to speak that's in us. And I think that we are created to shake things up and, and, and to challenge even other believers. And I think that with creating content, that's the first thing, in my opinion, it's a non-negotiable that we can't be afraid of what others think. We just, we need to be more so concerned about the conviction that God has given us to meet these people where they are. We, we need to be more concerned about the assignment on our life as opposed to if it'll offend somebody in a church pew that might Come not on. even realize what, what they're offended about. Mm. I like wow. her. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, because you know <laughs> that it's it's getting harder and harder to 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 say or do things when it comes to anything with like political or social or even spiritual implications that some people aren't going to find 
you know, personally, you know, either against their own belief system or values or, or take some offense to. But, you know, that whole idea of, you know, I think approaching conversations with grace, but also with conviction is really important. That's an interesting, mm -hmm, interesting mm -hmm. thought for sure. But the, the other part of that, obviously, is uh, how easily it can be once you start, once you resolve yourself to being okay with the fact that your content is going to offend some people, is then knowing how to balance that by recognizing that, that sometimes your critics are going to have a good point and feedback is important. And you need to be able to listen and respond to audiences uh, and respond to people in your life who are telling you, here's what I think you should do. And I wanted to know her thoughts, especially as somebody who's produced a show, uh, yeah. who's had to deal with feedback sometimes. How does she balance her, her, the, the understanding that sometimes what she does is going to offend people, is going to get negative feedback with a equally, with a humble posture, being willing to accept feedback? Here's what she said. It's a balance. Honestly, it's a balance because you you do need to hear what your audience says. You do need to listen to the feedback. You don't have to agree with it. I think you just need to hear it. You need to hear people. You need to listen to them. You need to hear them out and really understand maybe the core or the root of why they're saying what they're saying and take it with a grain of salt. And if you feel like there's something you should shift, you should shift it. Humility exalts. Like I don't, there's no pride over here. It's more of like, okay, I would love to hear that, but then obviously if my conviction is saying something else, I'm going with my conviction. You know what I mean? But now if it's, if someone really has great, you know, criticism, I'll take it. Hmm. She's braver than me. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's a brave woman. And I really loved, uh, I, I love that conversation. I love all of her thoughts that she well, had for the round table too. And, and yeah, I, think I did that's too. Kinda... I liked her round table thoughts too. Yeah, for sure. Annie, I like yours as well, by the way. You, Annie you. was a contributor and did a great job. But I like that was theme. The, the, I, I, yeah. I'm curious, Annie, how, uh, what would your answer to that question be? Like what she, like what she was just answering about like listening to feedback and, and yeah. all that. I mean, it'd be very similar to hers. I say often that the people who have my phone number are the ones who get to really speak into my life. But if there's a consistent theme that people online are saying, then it's worth listening to. I... Can I give an example? I have an example. Please, yeah. I About two months ago, I got some repeated um, responses from people that my podcast didn't have enough diversity on it. And while none of these people had my phone number, it was a theme that I was hearing of my podcast. The guests I was having weren't reflecting the full kingdom of God. And, and so even though those weren't my up close people, that's a criticism that I needed to listen to and have made changes because of it. Now, at the same time, there's someone on Instagram who says terrible stuff to me about every day. I don't listen to her. She doesn't have my phone number. She doesn't care about me. She isn't trying to make the world a better place. She's just being mean to me. So I don't listen to her. But most, but like if the three of y'all saw things in me that you thought needed to change or you had critique for how I was living my life or living my career, I would listen because you have direct access to my heart and um but then i think if there's themes i think it's like she said like there's something to be learned from everybody who is talking directly to you but you get to decide who really um speaks into your life first off i want to apologize on behalf of chandler and his alternate online persona i wish it was i would fly my butt to orlando and have a word with chandler and the whole thing would be done <laughs> 
Yeah, no, but that's a great example. And I think what she's talking about there with those last two questions and that, you know, part of the reason I hope a lot of people go check out issue 100 is because these roundtables, you know, include those perspectives, like the, the, the names we try to include, we try to include diversity, not just demographically, but also yeah. with ideas. But the theme that kept coming up is one that you just kind of articulated, Annie. It's like, how can we stick to our condition convictions, but also gracefully listen to the convictions yeah. of others, even if we disagree with them. That's right. Because that's the only way that we're going to change mind. But that's the only way that we're going to be open to have our mind change. So I think mm-hmm. that that theme that, like I said, you really powerfully articulated, I think was something that was a thread that came through a lot of these conversations. Yeah. Hey, add a laugh track after what Jesse just said. All right, Chandler, ready? And so anyway, that's how I think we advance the kingdom of, of God <gasps> in this difficult, difficult world. Seed missiles. <laughs> it works. I feel like I'm watching Seed the Big missiles. Bang Theory. It's amazing. All right. Many thanks to Natalie Manuel Lee for joining us. Make sure to check out more of what she said in the 100th issue of Relevant. Uh, you can check it out online now at relevantmagazine.com. Stay tuned. Up next, your feedback. Oh, boy. Seminary's Master of Divinity program, available online or on campus, and learn from some of the world's leading biblical scholar practitioners. Study online and apply what you're learning to your context without leaving your ministry. Whatever your vocational goals, Fuller's Master of Divinity will help you take the next steps in your vocation formation. Learn more, visit fuller.edu forward slash mdiv. That's fuller.edu forward slash mdiv. You're listening to Local Natives. The song is When Am I Gonna Lose You? Right around this segment. That's right. (laughs) If you you stuck with us through cats, trust us, we'll lose you here. This is Uh, we don't get to choose we don't get to choose what happens on the set this was this was not intentional just you got unlucky tyler's Uh, personally apologizing to natalie for for just sorry for for being on the show just us being us thanks a lot tyler i took i took your advice to not be afraid who you offend to heart and i decided to offend you this week All right, it's time for your feedback. Oh, if you listen to last uh, Tuesday's I show, I need to not sigh about this. This is an excellent editorial question. <laughs> it of is. The week. It's good. It's good. Uh, uh, last Tuesday's show, Annie had just gotten back from her dude ranch adventure with That's all right. of the strapping wranglers out there, <laughs> um, and we got pontificating about her potential love life and how she and maybe one Very of the wranglers might have had a glance across the meadow. And then later on, met up at DenimCon in downtown Boise, where they both uh, then hit it off and connected and realized their long love for each other. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a whole thing. Go listen to it. And it's not even like one segment. It's like kind of peppered throughout the show. So it's uh, the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Um, As we tend to, to do. Yeah. Uh, so our question of the week, of course, was uh, we asked you to come up with a name 
and cast for Annie's inevitable Hallmark movie about her finding love on the range um, and or looking for love at a dude ranch. You guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Here's some of our favorites. Ah, oh, where to Favorites even being a, sort of a loose <laughs> well, word. Where to start? How do you, how, which <laughs> ones are not my favorite? That's what I'm reading all of them. I'm like, which one do I even want to start with? Okay, can I, I'll just start with some titles. Okay. Josh gave us two titles for the film that I really enjoyed. One, Carpe Denim, which is brilliant. <laughs> and he said, a but, tale of on, wrangling desire. No, 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 Hold on, hold on. When I hear, when I hear Carpe Denim, I think it's a fishing adventure. Like this weirdo's out there fishing for carp, carp? wearing jeans. Oh, okay. oh, oh, okay. Well, it could be that but what, too. But, but I will say this, the, the subtitle, a tale of wrangling desire yes. is very salacious. I was that really sounds like a late night cable movie. That's not, uh, the pod. Yeah, that sounds like a Hallmark movie. Not yeah. pod appropriate. The yeah. other one he said was chapped. Love covers all. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, again, the problem, Chandler, chaps now don't you're, cover now all. Making fun. Ch- chaps are only covering half of the problem. That's not, right. Not That's the right. These are, these are, these, this you're is Hallmark wrong. after dark. Chapped, yeah. love covers yeah, some of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Ross, Ross, uh, the title is, uh, the film is called Wrangling My Heart. The tagline. I like it. I like no, it. No more horsing around. Okay. Uh, Annie, Annie, you're evidently playing yourself, the independent cowgirl extraordinaire. Yeah. Of course, your love interest is rookie cowboy. Kirk Cameron. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh. He's getting a whole Cameron oh. family in here. Uh, Candace Cameron Burr is your BFF. Yeah, um, which I love that. Bridget Cameron is the dude ranch owner. And obviously, there are other Camerons needed. Ross, mm-hmm, Ross mm-hmm, said. So mm-hmm. we'll we just need to get Kirk Cameron's whole family and and, and get this movie yeah, shot. This I like a family, do you get a family discount if you get the whole, you get the whole Cameron crew? Is that <laughs> I think we're going to save some money. I, I like the idea of uh, I like the idea of uh, David had here 100 days to wrangle. That puts it easy. <laughs> You're already in the pressure cooker. There's right. a deadline for some reason. Oh. For some reason, you have to do oh, this wow. for 100 days. It's almost like how to lose a guy in 10 days. Exactly. It's she also because I have a book called wrangle. 100 Days to Brave. You guys. No, yeah, so. I, I, we know, I know. We know. We know. What the contention? But I think. <laughs> wait, you have a book? Wait, I didn't know you, you were writing, writing books. What in the premise Since of this movie? When? What's happening? Is this like a speed situation? We're like. Like she can't go past 10 days or like, is it a terminal illness? In my mind, or like, she was kind of a troublemaker and she got she, the judge, she, the judge sentenced I her to, to serve community service at a rate. 100 days. So it's about wrangling my behavior girl. as well yeah. as love. Wow. Okay, wow, so, wow. So, so, look at this cat. This is a, this is not so Hallmark not like, Club. Okay. This is a star studded right, right. A-list cat you, playing you, Emma Stone, of course. The head wrangler. I, I don't know where you're at on Channing Tatum, but he, there's no denying that he there's would, only he, one place to be on Channing Tatum. He put he puts butts in seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna sell tickets. Just to clarify, Annie, just to clarify for our younger listeners who may not have gotten your innuendo, where is the one place to be on Channing Tatum? Oh, it's pro. The one place to be on Channing Tatum uh, is pro Channing Tatum. Oh, I thought you were yeah. talking about there was an actual place that no, you wanted to be the on Channing channel. Tatum. She gave the Hallmark Channel answer, not the not the um, you Hallmark know, after dark. Desire. Yeah. yeah. Yikes! We're gonna have to PG this episode, you guys. So, but 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 the plot is down. Annie is this successful uh, author and globetrotter who flaunts the law at every turn. Yeah. And when she accidentally starts like a wildfire. 
there or something during a stay at a dude ranch. The creative judge sentences to community service 100 days at a dude ranch serving the community. It's uh-huh. there you meet Shannon Tatum and the, yeah. the, well, the Emma Stone does, which begins. is fair, but I'll enjoy watching it. I'm sure you get to be yeah. on set as a consultant or something. Yeah, that sounds like yeah. a secondary a thing. Yeah. It's, it's really the, only fair. That's the best friend well, role Ford, that I'm not really feeling. Ford yeah. went a different direction, not a Hallmark movie, but more of a reality TV angle. Yeah, saying that, that he wanted a, a version of The Bachelorette with Annie as The Bachelorette with a bunch of head wranglers as her suitors. Here's the twist. Jesse Carey I would be this. in a head earpiece with, for Annie, giving her minute-by-minute minute directions. And I have to do what he says. It's yeah. horrifying. And then he, he would call it Bachelorette, Home on the Range. <laughs> mm, I like it. Mm. Annie, Jesse, are you, you would love that, wouldn't you? Oh, nothing would give me more joy than I to, know. And, and especially just to force you to say whatever I do. I like know. Ha- and if you don't do it, you get sentenced to community service on a dude ranch for 100 days. Like that's the penalty. <laughs> you know, there has to be a penalty <laughs> if you don't do what I tell you to do. You may not. And, and listen, you may not agree with my methods. You, in fact, I can guarantee you, you will personally v- viciously disagree with them. But. <laughs> They are methods. So but they are I think, what we say they are. They are methods. <laughs> All right, Matt, uh, good genes, the denim com rom com. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, starring Candace Cameron Burr as oh. Indiana Downs, coming to Hallmark Channel, sponsored by Wrangler. It has a nice good ring to it. Yeah, yeah, Wrangler like needs it. to, Wrangler's missing out on a pretty big sponsorship opportunity right here. Yeah. I would say. Uh, and then uh, Asuto came up with some movie posters for the movies. Oh, Annie, Annie, get your guy. Annie, Annie get your get guy me. was one of my favorite ones yeah. we got. I That's loved good. that one. And then Annie, get your dude was his other poster. Yeah. Uh, Annie, get your guy. That was super funny. Yeah. That's pretty great. There's yeah. a bunch. I think yeah, we got y'all? something here. There's a lot. I mean, uh, Natalie was talking earlier about, you know, we need to add value to the content that we advocate for in, in Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, this I literally just spit. He just, right. Jesse just did a spit take over that because nothing adds less value to Hollywood than the denim com rom com. We're actually hey, somehow that's my life, man. My life is devalued. very would really help Hollywood, Hollyweird, as you like to call it. Oh, this is too good. I guess somehow Candace Cameron Burr has to be involved. In yeah, we got it. Well, yeah, we'll get We're, her involved. We'll, you know, we'll for her, sure. your buds. Yeah, Annie, yeah, we'll make this happen. She, I haven't, I haven't told her yet, but it, well, I will. Oh, I will. I will. We the, will write this one when we see this movie. This will be the second movie we see um, together in the next twelve to fifteen months. After we go see Cats, we're going to go yeah. see Carpe Denim, Annie Get Your Guy, whatever it ends up being called. At, filmed at Lost Valley Ranch, involving for, Candace Cameron. For Bray. reasons, for reasons that are never made clear in the film, Channing Tatum is a cat person, like. <laughs> Like it's just a weird twist to do in there. What, what was the channel like? The Up Channel or something like that? The Christian Channel yeah. where uh, Natalie Grant hosted a Christian dating show. Like, yes, what was like, that channel? Like it, it takes a village oh, yeah. or something like that. It, it's or a it's church like, in it, didn't it? It takes a church. Is that what it was called? Yeah, yeah. like that. It, and I'm just wondering if Annie Get Your Guy is the next iteration of that. I mean, that do Candace, we want my life to do that? I don't Candace, know. Yes, yes, Candace Cameron is the do. host. I'm Candace Cameron's sure. the host. It's not set in, in a church. It's set out at ranches? on a dude ranch. Yeah. Do I go to different ranches and meet meet the head wrangler at each no, 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 ranch? No, no, no. no, I'm back to the bachelorette home on the range angle where oh no, it's, it's, where it's, it's me a and location. all the wranglers at Lost Valley. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the Wranglers were selected. Maybe they were crowdsourced, voted on by your fans, you know, then they're there. And then Candace Cameron Burr is, uh, is hosting it. Uh, It's, it's debuting this fall on the up channel, the up network. Okay. I only want one role in this show. And that is when you, when you at the ceremony every night and you send one of these eligible wranglers. Is it roses? What do we do instead of roses? No, 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 no. no. It's it's a strand of rope. You do a tip of your hat to the the suitor that you're sending off. No, no, no. She puts puts a bolo around his neck. (laughs) I think you just lasso him. Here's what I want. Off to the next round. It would Hold make on. the most sense for him to ride off into the sunset. No, 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 no. So they're all they're all there. They're all lined up. They're all lined up. And Annie has the rope and has to lasso the guy, <laughs> pull him slowly toward her. They talk for a moment, and then she loosens it. He goes on, and then she lassoes the next guy. Until Here's the, the last catch. guy. Here's and the he guy. gets on his horse. If she slips up a little bit and gets the wrong guy. Yeah, I oh gotta well. practice my lassoing. Yeah. That's oh well. probably real. Yeah. I, I, yeah and instead real. of them riding off into the sunset, which yeah. would make the most sense metaphorically and yeah. visually, be quite yeah. stirring, right. I ask, Annie, that you allow me to you know, on horseback, chase off the, the men that you've... Get on out! Go! Get out! 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 Get 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 out! 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 Get this is a separate show. This is a separate uh, show. Yeah, I mean, it goes, this feels like the best creative no, 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 use no, no, of my on. time. So, hey, Bravo has, or they, there's already a precedence for this. When you get kicked off of Top Chef, you go to the web only series, Last Chance Kitchen. And mm. then there, they they have their own competition, all uh-huh. the rejects. And yeah. then the best one from Last Chance Kitchen gets the chance to come back for the finale of Top wow, Chef. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's, that's what, what, what happens to the guys that Jesse chases off. They go off to this other dude ranch. They got to okay. get their act together. And they try to come back. And, and one of them tries to win Annie's heart at the end. Of no. And if that doesn't Annie work, Hitchcock. it's the second web series where they are all put on a ranch. And yeah. I hunt them. <laughs> the most dangerous game style. I told you to get. You, get you have a drone. Get you have a drone with seed missiles. And you just like target practice. Yeah, I'm the drone they're master. And they're just yeah, yeah, yeah. For their lives. Dodging seed missiles. Get, get, get on. Get. <laughs> Six million. He's like, yeah, can you be more clear? Where do you want me to go? Where do you, you're shooting seed missiles? Those can literally <laughs> implant a forest. Can you just tell me what you mean when you just keep saying get? That's all you're saying. Where? Where? Get, get on. Get, get, get now. <laughs> it's a very confusing show. It's very high concept. I really yeah, it. Yeah. Well, there's the main show on the Up Network, which is Uplifting Entertainment. And yeah. then you get the web series, mm-hmm. which, which what that one's called because it's, it's Annie Get Your Guy. The Bachelorette Home on the Range is yeah. the main show. <laughs> and then, right. Go on, get. When, 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 when she doesn't lasso him and the guy has Mine's to go off to web. the other ranch for the web only series. What's that one called? Go on, get. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, get. That's it. But it's G I T. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my dark web series, the most dangerous game again. Yeah, and yeah, you should have read your waiver, pal, when you signed up for the show because you didn't know that you were signed up to the, the be hunted by series, seed missiles. You should have read your waiver. <laughs> you should have had your waiver. We have really good lawyers. Now it's time to be hunted by seed missiles. I told this you to get. Uh, in fairness, I told you to get on. Yeah. I, I told you. In fairness, I told you. Fifteen heartbroken men, one seed missile equipped drone, and one very, very angry Jesse. I told you to get. It's me. It's just me. Fly. These guys are running like. With, why are you doing this? She already broke our heart. But you know what? Just like. Just like love may grow one day in those barren fields, a forest may grow. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a whole thing. It's, yeah. it's that crazy care. The deceased bodies of care. Andy's face. Pat, Pat Robertson <laughs> Listen, it's is sad. really involved. It's Pat sad Robertson loves it. The environmentalism angle. Yeah. Right. It's sad what happened to him, but at least one day we know he'll grow into a lovely cactus out there, there, there in the prairie, <laughs> out there on the ranch. So all right, that's for last one day he'll feedback. be tumbleweed. That's all. <laughs> It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. All right. Well, earlier in the show, we brought you the hard-hitting scientific data that laugh tracks make bad jokes funnier. We thought it'd be great for this question of the week oh, to put wait. that to the test. And we want to know your best worst joke that might be made better with an official professional laugh track. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and tell us your best worst joke and we will read uh, our favorites or the ones we think are the best candidates for laugh track you know enhancement next week on the podcast All right, many thanks to Natalie Manuel Lee for joining us her show now with Natalie is uh, is, is broadcast now on the Hillsong channel go check it out also check out more of that conversation she was part of in the 100th issue of Relevant you can view it at relevantmagazine.com also thanks to Squarespace for making the episode possible remember you can go to squarespace.com slash relevant for a free trial when you're ready to launch your website use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We will see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast if you like what you heard be sure to leave us a review on itunes check out other shows from the relevant podcast network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. and while you're there browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store make sure to subscribe to relevant magazine info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe Podcast Network.